So I put together some of the shilas that I got this week. Um, I think I have four here. Let's start there. No, they're not. They're not. They're, they're not written uh, super easy. The first one is that has the number one on top, and it says Kever B'Teich Hashana Sefer Chukam. Other side, Sefer Chukam. Only two sides. That one. This is a one. Yeah. So the shaila, the first shaila I was asked is I was called and he asked, "Is this a Chabad?" He wanted to know if it's a Chabad thing. He said that his he was going to a cemetery, and it's within a year of the person who is nifter, and he was told not to daven there. So he said, he was told by the Chabad rabbi. He said, "Is this a Chabad thing?" So I said, "No, it's in the Shulchan Aruch." So this one you have over here. This is from the Sefer Chukei Chaim. Chukei Chaim is Rabbi Olbaum just came out with a Sefer on Avelos. I was obviously, you know, there's a lot of sources, but I always like to have a source like from Rabbi Olbaum. That's great because he's he's my Paisik, so that helps. So he writes over here like this: In the meaning of Klal Yisrael is not to go to a kever within the first year of the person passing away. Imloy, and again, if there are questions, we'll finish this first shayla and then we'll have Imloy beYom Hamiuchadim. Except for certain times when they were, the minute was to go, like Yom Zion, the seventh day, like the end of Shiva, they used to go. Yom Lamid, they used to go at the end of Shloshim, or the yard site. They'd get up from Shiva and then go to the cemetery. Correct. That was an old minute. So there was a minute, and this is brought down by the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says that there were some that were not to go by Shloshim. They would usually do the Hakamas Matzeba Matzeba at Shloshim. They would go at Shloshim, and the Shulchan Aruch says they didn't go till the next year. Tishabav, now we add Tishabav, Rosh Chaydesh Elul, because Elul people go to Kvarim. Tishabav people go to Kvarim. What happens when you go to a Kevra on Tishabav? Can you wash your hands after you go there? No. You could only do till the knuckles. You, you, you could yeah. do that, even that, okay. And you could also go for Akamas Matzev. So let's say you're in the cemetery for another reason. You're going to the cemetery because of a yard set. You happen to be, you're like, I'm right here. So, you can walk past it, there's no issue, but you can't daven there. We don't daven during a, a, a nifter within the first year. Now, I want to mention one heter because this is what I told the guy. If you look on the left side, on the footnote, they quote Kaivitz Mebeis Levi. Kaivitz Mebeis Levi was the Kuntris, was the Torah journal that Ravosner, Ravosner Zatzal, used to put out. So they bring down the Kaivitz Mebeis Levi, Shimkvar Nimsa Beis Shoshana. He said, first of all, he felt that if you're there anyway, it's fine. Like, you, you're not supposed to go specially, but if you're there anyway. But this is also the big head of a lot of poison quote. Let's say you find yourself, this is the shadow. The guy was in Lakewood. He doesn't go to Lakewood ever. He happens to be in Lakewood. He wants to go to a kever uh, of a certain student of his who passed away, but it's within the year. So Ravosner says, if, you're not, if, you're, if you find yourself in a location that you're not going to go back there for a while... You're there now. It's fine. You could be makel now. Just to agav, what's the reason behind it? So the reason is very simple. During the first year, the niftarim, right? You go to daven at someone uh, usually because you want them to daven for you. Right? That's usually the main reason why people go to kvarim. So it's not appropriate to daven uh, by someone's kever within the first year when they're being judged. It's like they have like enough. Depends on what you hold. The reason to go to the kever. Correct, but either either way. It's like you're being ma'orer, like they're being judged right now. So it's like. But if you go to the kever to dive into Hashem in the schus of the person. Even that, that's not a good idea because they're being judged. It's not a time oh, to being, be ma'orer their schusim. It's judged like. judged the whole year? 
well, potentially in Gehenna for 11 months or if 12 months to the Rishon. I thought that was like the sentence was 11 months, not more than 11 months, but, but the, the judgment would happen. I guess the Cheshben is that if they're being judged, it's not an appropriate time. That's, again, it's hard to know exactly the reason. It's brought down on but that's the halacha. So if you find yourself in a cemetery, within the first year, it's a thing not to go. However, if you find yourself in a cemetery that you're not going to be in for a very long time, you go over there, you say a parak to Hillam. But da, if the da, reason da. is because they're being judged, so who cares if you're there for a different reason? It's not a good it's a idea good because they're being judged. It's a good child. I was thinking the same thing, I'm not sure. It could be that Jastam, maybe he feels that they weren't as machmer in this concept if you're there. I, I'm not sure. But it's, it's one or the other. Either Correct. it's a bad idea or it's not. Correct. So. That's Shiloh number one. We'll run through it. Shiloh number two is a borderline hashkafik. It's halachic hashkafik. And that is, are you able to daven for someone to become from? This is a Shiloh that you get in Kirif sometimes. Is it a, a problem? Does it make sense? Is it appropriate to daven for someone to become from? So let's, we'll, we'll the, the conceptual elements of the Shiloh, again, we'll run through the Shiloh, we'll run through them around the Kermit, so we can talk afterwards about it. The crux of the Shiloh is, Hakobi Deshamayim, Chutzmi meaning that a person, Hashem, does not necessarily, you know, it takes away their Bechira for Hashem to like make you from. So if I'm asking Hashem to make you from, maybe that's a tefillah, that's a wasted tefillah. And anytime you daven for something that Hashem's not going to do, it's not appropriate. Well, we'll have to see. But so, correct. If you daven for anything other than your Shemayim, you'd have the same problem. I can't from three wealthy. It's not. No, Kobi Deshemayim Chutz meaning Hashem will get himself involved in anything except for Yerushalayim. Meaning Hashem's not going to, Hashem's not going to magically zap keep Shabbos. He doesn't do that. That's you have Bechira to, to choose to keep Shabbos or not. So for me to daven for you to keep Shabbos, well, what, what, Hashem's like, what do you want from me? Well, we'll see. We'll see. So what's the source? The source of the Shail is a Gemara and Brach. It's a very famous Gemara. The Gemara says like this. Hanu Barunya, there were some evil people, that were in Rameir's location. They were giving him Agmas Nefesh. So Rameir wanted to daven for him to die. So Amrle Baruria Debisus, his wife Baruria says, My daitach, why are you doing this? Because the Pasik says that Hashem will wipe away the sins. It doesn't say sinners, it says sins. Miksiv Chaitim, Chatoim Ksiv. So, Hashem doesn't wipe away sinners. It doesn't work. Meaning, the whole premise of the Pasuk is Hashem will wipe away the sins. So, instead of davening for them to die, says, Daven for them to do tshuva. See, daven and they did tshuva. Oh, so it's a very clear Gemara that Rameir did it. Look at the Marsha. The Marsha in Gimel, again, it's, it's, you know, it's an interesting thing. Obviously, we're touching on the Chira, which is any time you do that, it's a, it's a dangerous concept. But that's the, the Gemara is clear that it's allowed, and Rameir did it. Well, he, was so he, wasn't, he just said that you stop doing, they just stop sinning, which is different than... True, but it's in the same category. Oh, we'll see. The Marsha on that Gemara, I have it over here. The print is not great, but the Marsha basically asked Sarachin, how is this allowed? He doesn't answer it. He says, I don't understand. Says Marshal like this. If you daven for Hashem to help you, right? You're struggling with keeping Shabbos and you ask Hashem, please help me keep Shabbos. That's for sure fine. Because you're, <laughs> it's within your Bechira meeting. Hashem doesn't generally get involved when it comes to Frumkite level. He lets you have free will. If you're choosing your free will to ask for Him to help you, 
then Marsha says, I have no problem. That's Hashi Beinu Vinu Sarasecha. That's Shmon Esrei. But says the Marsha, Nicha, Dava Gavda Kovide Shemaim. Even though there's a concept that everything's in the hand of heaven, that Hashem will get involved in everything, Chutzmir Shemaim, except for fearing him. He doesn't do that. But Ari Omru, Bedero Shadim Roitzel Leilich Molichanoisa. But we also know that Hashem will treat you the way you want to be treated. So if you want to become frumer and you're asking for help from Hashem, of course he'll do it. But, I don't understand. How does this even work? Why does it work? I always say, the answer is you're including yourself. You're just you're really davening for yourself, but you're including yourself in the cloud. But to daven specifically for others, the Masha says, I don't believe that works. Well, okay. Throw in Arvus, right? And we're all, we're all together. And then when you're davening for him, you're davening for yourself too. You can, I mean. That's interesting. So it's funny. So the Masha just doesn't answer it. So the Masha is clearly against the concept so of it. He daven for his children? So it's interesting. I, maybe not. So the Chazanish, if you look on the side, the Chazanish quotes this Masha. The Chazanish is not bothered by the Kasha because he says, I'll tell you why. Hashem gave you Bechir, right? He gave you free will. And you have the right to use your free will to help others to become from. I'll give you an example. If you force him down and hold him down until he keeps Shabbos, right? He kept Shabbos, right? I thought Hashem doesn't come up. The answer is, you have free will. You're a person. A person has free will to choose what he does. So says the Chazanish, the same way you have free will to force someone to be from physically, right? If you wanted to, whatever. You also have free will to ask Hashem. Meaning, Hashem has no problem intervening as long as it's through a Baal Bechira's request. So as long as a Baal Bechira, a person who has Bechira, asks Hashem to get involved, meaning, the Machazanish is saying that when the Gemara says, what it means is Hashem is not going to just unprovoked. A guy's like, I want to I want to eat pork, I want to eat pork. Hashem's not going to send a lightning bolt. And the guy's like, I don't want to eat pork anymore. That he's not going to do. But if a person of free will chooses his free will to ask Hashem to help, Hashem will reciprocate. So the Chazanish disagrees with the Marsha and feels you absolutely are able to. Not only that, the Chazanish wrote a tefillah that many women say when they light candles for their children to become from. And that's, that was authored by the Chazanish. Just to summarize, just to conclude the Shaila, then we'll, we'll talk about this. Ramosha has an interesting take. Ramosha Feinstein uh, quotes the Marsha's Kasha. Okay? His student, Rev. Ephraim Greenblatt, passed away, and his student offered the Chazanish's answer without quoting the Chazanish. He probably, I don't know if he didn't know it was the Chazanish. If he would have quoted the Chazanish, I think Ramosha would have been like, okay. But he quoted it as himself. So basically you have the Marsha's Kasha, which is how could Mermeir Davin for someone to become from? We don't, that's, that's against the rules of You have the Chazanish saying, no, it's fine because it's a Baal Bechira asking. Ramosha was told the Chazanish's answer not in his name. And Ramosha writes as follows. Right, you, my student, says right? referencing the Gemara that Bruria told Rameir to Davin that the Marsha asked right? the Marsha asked and he didn't answer so the student of Ramosha said so he mentioned the Chazanish's answer which is that because it was done through a Baal Bechira it's no longer a problem of HaKol Ramosha didn't like that. Ramosha says, <laughs> It is a very weak response. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to me at all. 
the hispalash Hashem's baruch yaser shishu b'tshleimah, v'zehu tamuah me'achar du b'deyodim. Meaning, he's like, I don't. If Hashem's not going to get involved, then if you ask him, it's not going to change. So what is? So how do you explain the Gemara? Right? Clearly, Rameir did it and it worked. So like the Marsha didn't answer. So Ramosha, you who feel like the Marsha, I mean, according to Ramosha, he paskins like the Marsha that you're not able to daven for someone to become from. So what's the Gemara? So it says Ramosha like this. You have to say is So Ramosha says two things, two ex- explanations. First of all, you could say, not first of all, second of all, I'll go second of all, then I'll go first of all. Second of all, you could ask for them to maybe find themselves at a shear, and then maybe the, the shear will penetrate them. But Hashem's not going to magically shoot in a lightning bolt, you could say. It's basically Ramosha's answer is, you could help them with circumstances. Meaning, the people in the Gemara, Ramosha says... Allow them to become it, Exactly. I mean, Ramosha says the people in that, in that Gemara, they were Mechal Shabbos, let's say. But Ramosha says they weren't doing it because they hated God. They just did it because they needed money. So Rameir Davind is, Hashem sent them money. That once they had the money, they naturally kept Shabbos. Meaning, what you have to say according to Ramosha is you can't daven for someone to become from. That doesn't work. You could daven if you know someone is is not from because of circumstances. You could daven for those circumstances to change, which is in Hashem's biyadai, and then maybe that'll help. So if you know someone is having a hard time keeping Shabbos because he's having a lot of friction at his house, so and and it's because of A, B, and C. So daven for A, B, and C to change. And then maybe it'll naturally happen. So, th- so to answer the question, can you daven for someone to become from? According to Chazanish, yes, outright. And that's the explanation of the Gemara. The Marsha and Ramosha would say no. What they would say is you can't daven for someone to become from. You could daven for someone's circumstances to change. Maybe you could say, Hashem, please, maybe when they're going to the airport, maybe they'll run into a nice Chabad Shliach who puts filling on them. And then maybe through their own actions, you understand. So it's too sort of, it's subtle, but according to Ramosha and the, the Marsha, you can't daven for someone to come from. That, 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 that's, that's a waste of tefillah. You could daven for someone's circumstances to change. And if it's someone who is not fromness, is due to circumstance, perhaps it'll help. That was Shiloh number two. Okay, running, moving right along. Well, I should have made five shilas. Well, Shila number three, yeah, sorry? We hear all stories all the time, though. Somebody, people become from, not on their own, something happened, right, something happened in their life, and they became from as a result, right? So that's where Hashem steps in, right? Where Correct, so that? you could daven for that to happen. I mean, that's the point. It, it's according to Ramosha, you could daven for something to come from, but it just has to be in a not as direct way. You could daven for, for things to take place that are within Bechira without just saying, Hashem, help him become from. Like the Chazanish's tefillah, I don't have it on me, but it's probably in like the tefillah, like the, the art school women's sitter is probably there. So it, it, the Lushan of the Chazanish's tefillah for a woman to say when she's lighting is literally, have my son keep Shabbos. Like, have my son. He wouldn't say that you could say that. He would say, ha- maybe make the circumstances easier. You know, so, you understand. So would daven for his children, not that they should. Maybe they won't be corrupted. But just that they should have less obstacles. Correct. Exactly. Perfectly said. Shaila number three, and this Shaila, <laughs> yeah. Shaila number three is uh, a Shaila that is not for for chassidim. They're not going to like it too much, and for chabad also. 
Um, but again, I, I think I mentioned this once, the Shaila, and that is the issue of eating and drinking before Shacharis. Okay. So, don't have to leave. So, um, it happens to be, the reason why Chabad is Megal is, and many Hasidim, no, is not because that, it's because there was a famous story that the Tzemach Tzedek once said over is that it's better to eat so that you don't, so you could daven as much as daven so you could eat. Meaning the Tzemach Tzedek felt that nowadays uh, we're all shvach, we're all weak by nature, so we all basically have the status of choylim, so it, instead of, you know, not eating, uh, you know, and then you're davening just, just with a headache to try to get to, I'd rather you eat so you could daven. Okay, fine. But conceptually, it's something that's universally accepted, that you're not allowed to eat or drink before davening. Now, I, I could, I've mentioned this story before, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but when I got in ninth grade, I got like hammered from my Rebbe, because I used to have cereal before I came to school. Like hammered, like mamish, like you know, raked over the coals. And I was under the impression that if it wasn't a Mizonos, it's fine. I thought the issue was you can't have like a meal. Now, wh- where I was coming from is there's a general concept that before you do a mitzvah, you're not allowed to eat. That's not your shachas, that's just in general. You're not allowed to have uh, before minchamayrib. You're not supposed to sit down and have a, a sandwich before minchamayrib because we're afraid that you'll be so Isaac in the meal, you'll forget about davening, yeah, forget about the mitzvah. Said. Oh, but there, there's many heterim for that. There's there's setzmanim. There's a shoimer. Also, that's only a problem if it's a meal. You want to have some fruit? Go ahead. Shachris doesn't work like that. Shachris is a separate issue. The Gemara. This is a Gemara in Brachis. It's uh, this long strip over here, right under the Masha. It's the Gemara in Brachis Daf Yud. The Gemara says, "Am Rav Yechon, Am Rav Yosi, Bachanin, Mishum Rav Ozben Yaakov." My dechsev. What does it mean? Like seichu al adam. Don't eat on blood. Don't, don't eat before you pray for your life. Anyone who eats before Shachris, that you threw me after your gaiva. That after you have the gaiva of eating, now you're ready to talk to me. So this is a separate issue. This is telling you, you're not to eat or drink anything that is gaiva before chakras. So now, the question is, this I was asked this week, and I, I'm not going to really conclude it properly, to be honest with you. The question was, what about iced coffee? That's the question. Can you drink iced coffee before chakras? Because according to this Gemara, it's not, there's no set <clears throat> amount. You're not allowed to eat anything before chakras unless that food is not qualified as a gaiva food. Gaiva is in, you know, quotations. So I can tell you like this. Historically, let's run through. I, I, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, a lot of times Shabbos mornings, I'm not feeling well. My stomach is bothered from the night before, also the stress is whatever. I a lot of times will eat like a banana in the morning, just because it, like, if I find it settled in my stomach. It's probably not allowed, but I probably have the status of a choyla, I think, my whole life level of stress I put myself on there. It's probably the status of chayla, but conceptually it's a problem. There's no set amount. You can't just like, oh, it's just fruit. Oh, it's just cereal. Oh, it's just yogurt. It, it doesn't work like that. So you're only allowed to drink what's considered non-gaiva. So I can tell you this. Water's for sure fine. Okay, good. Now, historically, I, I had all these marmakamas. I cut them out because there was a whole to-do over the last 300 years about coffee and tea and coffee. And there's a famous mishabura that the mishabura says, my grandfather used to do this, that you could drink coffee. I mean, the shayla is, is coffee considered... Water. Meaning, is it a drink that you need to daven properly? 
just to get up? Or is it considered a gaiva drink, like luxurious, you know? So the Mishabura felt that you could drink black coffee without milk, because milk in his day was considered a luxury. That was like, ooh, like, you know, sitting, having a nice cup of coffee. But he says, what about sugar? So he says, you should put the sugar cube in your mouth and pour the coffee in. I mean, you see, you know, my grandfather used to do that. He would take the, you know, the old school sugar cubes, he put it in. It probably was not good for it. Oh, he's dead now, but unfortunately. But um, so, because there, it's, it's, so, but, but again, the Archa Shulchan was making, okay. the truth is, yeah, again, it's, it's all, the truth is, those shadows are not relevant anymore because what was considered a gaiva drink 80 years ago is irrelevant to America today. If in 100 years from now, every guy drinks, wakes up, and you don't function unless you have a Red Bull, then a Red Bull is modern. Meaning it's completely subjective. So I have over the bottom, just to, to, to summarize, to summarize, Oiz Dalid from Halicha Shleim, this is Rishleim Zalman. Rishleim Zalman says, Hamargish if you're waking up and you're tired and you need a drink before diving to wake you up, delicious coffee and chal of sugar, you could have coffee and milk and sugar. It's nice to say a, a, a tefila, like a lotion of bakosha, that to sort of make it the like, you know, I'm doing this in order to give myself strength as opposed to doing this because I'm, I'm, you know, super in the mood to just luxuriate and, and drink coffee. Now, why is coffee allowed nowadays? So Shlomo Zalman says in the bottom, because nowadays everybody drinks this. I, mean, I, I don't even know how, I don't even know what's really up to you, meaning even if you're drinking the coffee because you just really like, you're in the mood for like a nice cup of coffee, but it's not considered a gaiva dika drink because people, you wait, I'm not myself till I have my coffee, like that's, that's a thing. So, so if you need it, you could do it. Listen. No, even then, if that's, if that's how, if that's how people get their coffee, then that should be allowed. Now, now, so if you need a cup of coffee, it's fine. Now, if you go to the back of the page, Rebelski, again, it's, but it's, it's, that's all now. Rebelski was asked about this. So he says, What about like a sugar candies, like a sucking candies? So says Rebelski like this, the rule for drinking before davening, is kimotor lishdais as ha minimum, minimum, ha minimum ha nidrish loyladim keilis chazer. You could drink the minimum what's necessary in order to have strength to daven. And not a drink that's considered luxury, that's considered gaivadik. And obviously, this changes from time to time. He says this is only for drinks. Obviously, you know, there's no food. That in nowadays is considered. Oh, I need to have. I need to have my croissant. Like no, no. So, so there's no food that would be allowed. This is all for drinks because it's not perceived at all. I need to have a rugelach. No, no one needs a rugelach to daven. If you're eating a rugelach, it's because you're feeling weak. So maybe you're choyla. But th- th- that's for sure. So when it comes to drinks, so what's the rule? So he writes over here. Ladugma, an example. Now this Rebelsky, When did he write this? I think in the 80s, maybe early 90s. Now you have to realize also Rebelsky was the Rav, besides for Tervidas, he was the Paisic of Camp Moganav. I believe Moganav. 
So he also was in camp. And in camp, apparently, I've never been to, I, I didn't go to camp when I was a kid. Apparently in camp, like, hot cocoa is a thing. They try to get the kids to come early to learn and things like that. They offer hot cocoa. Offer, yeah. So they asked, so that, that's part of the motivation of the Shiloh. So Rebelsky says, <laughs> What's considered a luxury drink that will be a problem, Irishy is cocoa. Hot cocoa. Hot cocoa is a problem. But we're talking about usually for underbarments of boys. Correct, correct. And he'll get to it in a second. No one, I remember this because I remember when Trump became president, they asked him in like one of the, like the first interviews, what do you, what, what, you know, how do you take your coffee in the morning? And he says, I drink hot cocoa. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you can't do that. So, so hot cocoa well, is. Sure to let him know. Yeah, that's fine. So, hot cocoa is definitely. Out of all the presents, I don't think he would receive a well. Hakoko is definitely perceived. It, it's it's a luxury drink, and it's not necessary. Ludugma meata imnishal imotelinar shu kvar bar mitzvah lishus kolkidish yochelim lefnetvila. I, what about you? Want to get the kids to come to camp, and they're already bar mitzvah, but you want to offer them hakoko. Shemichad gis on one hand harishdi ashira, but that was shaltanu gugof. Right? We just mentioned that it's considered a luxury drink; it should be a problem. Elamidach on the other hand, who nitzel is a tzarchli muday. Like that's. That literally, you're, you're, it's the incentive right. to learn a daven. Otherwise, they're just not going to come early. Oh. <laughs> so therefore, Because Again, the rule is you could drink the minimum amount to give you strength in order to, to learn a daven. And he says, don't look at what happened, you know, a hundred years ago, because what was considered luxury in the past is considered necessity now. Right? If you tell people you could only have coffee, but without milk and sugar, they'd be like, well, mo- a lot of people are not going to drink it. So, so he says, So he says, you could do what's the minimum amount that's considered appropriate. So, so for Hakoko, I would say maybe in that setting it would be allowed, but outside of that setting, it would not be allowed. So I'll tell you like this there's a safer called Piske. A little piece of chocolate if you come there early for davening for the kids also the same correct day. but not not here so yeah. I, i'll say this so there's a safer called piske rebelski which they, he, he he sort of orally told psalkins so i wrote that on the bottom he felt that orange juice is mutter but he said iced coffee and cappuccinos are not permitted i don't know if nowadays that's still true i think that my belief is I, mean, I don't know about cappuccinos and I, listen Why, i know that iced coffee be worse than correct I, I think that I, I believe very firmly about this. Listen, you can go to you can go to you can go to uh, Starbucks and you can basically get like milkshakes with f- foam and, and all, okay, fine. I, I think that that we would agree is probably not so appropriate. In iced coffee, which is coffee that's cold, it's the same ingredients, the same milk, sugar. It's just cold coffee. I think that twenty years ago that was considered a full luxury. That was considered like ooh ah, like iced coffee, chill. I think nowadays it's the same as hot coffee. It's just during the summer, I don't want to drink hot coffee. I need the caffeine. Yeah, it tastes good. Hot coffee also tastes good in the winter. I, I think it's, it's again. I, I, I want to ask a shy lovely nether. I'll ask her open the next time I speak to him. But to me, I know that Rebelsi said iced coffees are a problem. Twenty years ago, I, I would assume, based on what we've learned, 
I, I wouldn't be so afraid of having an iced coffee. A cappuccino, I don't know what these things are. A cappuccino, and that's full, whatever, all these things. Maybe, but iced coffee, a regular iced coffee, I, I don't see why that would be different. Cappuccino I, is a special machine. Yeah, it's already, it's already fancy, you already foam. But I'll tell you like this, though. Practically, you want to have an iced coffee, fine. You want to have a hot coffee, fine. But to stop by Starbucks to get a mocha latte frap with this and that, it's, it's probably not so appropriate before, before Davin Shachos. Okay, that was Shaila number three. Oh, wait, so what do you guys yeah. do before Rosh Hashanah? Uh, Nothing. So what time do you finish? After one? No, is that 12.30? 12.40? 12.40? We go straight. I don't, that's a separate issue because the truth is there's, there should be no halachic problem with having a break and then making kiddush, right. and just and just not eating a lot. It's a, it's right. a but first of all, it's a logistical nightmare. I I, I made a cheshbon a long time ago when we started this that I'd rather go straight, and it yeah maybe some people will you know be a little bit hungry by twelve thirty, but twelve thirty is not terrible, than to have a forty five minute break and then end at two o'clock. But I'll say this though, there were poiskim that felt that Rosh Hashanah is worse. Than, than the average mitzvah. It's hard to know exactly why. Worse to eat first. To, to eat first. There were some paiskin that were... Yeah, Rosh is not worse. But I mean, to eat... I think it's worse because it's a long davening. No, no. So it's harder no, to No, I mean, there were some paiskin, Rav Hankin, Rav Hankin famously, mamish, went... Like, you because Rosh Hashanah, he felt that it's... Also, I think the premise also of, like, the entire kahila, Like, it's one thing if, like, one person wants to go, but, like, the entire kahila stopping and and having mezainas, there were many paiskim that were not a fan of it. Um, Maybe they were afraid that it could lead to other things, but they afraid it would lead to alcohol, and then you can't do that before Tikiya Shaifer. Not 100% sure exactly why, but... But yeah, but but can, uh, practically we're 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 over here. We just go straight. But that's a sort of a separate child. Wait, did you say twelve thirty? You're done with all the kiyot? Yeah, twelve forty-five. You started at nine. Eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. But so, also, I feel like it's not the worst thing in the world if, if you're hungry on Rosh Hashanah, that of all the days to to say yeah. like, like I'm uh, I'm I'm not taking care of myself first. Yeah, this is a, this is a level of biltel that's probably nice. Um, another, another question, yeah. is there a, is the, a distinction if you're eating before Brachot HaShachar? Because I know in Ashkenaz world people say Brachot HaShachar and Shul. No. In other places they do it before they No difference. No difference at all. Because you it's have mot- Shema perhaps. Maybe. No, if it's Motor, it's Motor, if it's not Motor, you're not allowed to have before Shachar, Shachar Shmoneser. It wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like if you say Brachot that might help for women because there's a sheet of the Magan Avram. The reason why, what you're referring to is women. Women, and I mentioned this once in the Hilcha Shabbos sheet, that, that this creates a big stringency on Shabbos. Right. But, but women, what they'll do in like Beis Yaakov, is they'll tell the girls at home, say brachos, then you can have a full breakfast. Then when you come to school, we'll daven fully. The reason why that's okay for them is because there's a sheet of the Magan Avram that he holds that women are not obligated to daven a formulated shachris they're obligated to say a davar bakasha, meaning once they say brachas, they're fulfilled their obligation of shachas. Then when they do the full shachas later, that's more of like an optional tefillah, and it's very nice. But they could have, because they're not eating before shachas, they've already davened shachas. For men who are definitely obligated in the full tzura of davening, saying brachas is irrelevant. Um, so the on last shayla... Correct. And then the Shemir Shabbos Kachazan said, then if that's the case, then we know that on Shabbos... Once you daven shachris, you need to hear kiddush even for water. So if you hold that brachis is davening during the week for women, then it's davening for the requirement of kiddush on Shabbos. That was Shlomo Zalman's uh, chumrah that he said he can't have it both ways. So in Shabbos, what do you tell women to do? 
I would tell them that if, first of all, if they want, listen, if they... Single if, women is less of an issue. No, but they'll let them, let them make Kiddush. Like say bracha say Kiddush. Well, so that's a big deal. When we we had this, it was a, a pamphlet on, on on Kiddush for Shabbos. Yeah. And it was saying we had we this came up, and they said that that maybe it could be that for some to say that that women are only obligated in Kiddush when the when their husband. There was a sheet that Ramosha had, but Ramosha specifically said that a for married women. Yeah. And also, he only said that for a chayla, which is interesting. He said that for a chayla, meaning he was asked about whether a, a woman who daven shachos already and she's a chayla and she's married can she eat already. Uh, like a pregnant woman, and Ramosha said she can because her shachris is defined when her husband. I mean, she, the, the reason why you have to make Kiddush after shachris is because after shachris, it's the time for the meal. But he says married women, their time for the meal is when their husbands are ready to eat because one of the chiyuvim, one of the halachas is that a husband and wife are supposed to eat together for Shabbos. Right. So, but, but Ramosha, I, I always felt it was interesting. Ramosha always wrote that heter dafka for a chayla. I don't, I don't know what he would say for a non-chayla, but he definitely would not say that for a single girl, for sure. But I have to check it out. But he was dafka for a chayla, and I, I, for a non chayla, I've never seen anyone extend that. I'm not sure why. Maybe because the chayla already, maybe she could eat, and then you have, in addition to this, you, you sort of couple those facts you together. That, that you, without, before you look it up, you just say, women, married women should just make kiddish themselves. Yeah, why not? It's easy. If they feel comfortable. If they, oh, listen, if they don't. Guffin, it's not like yeah, if they, listen, if they don't feel comfortable, okay, fine. But they should. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's just a bar paragraph for that. They should. I would advise that. Add it to breakfast. Correct. Yeah. The last Shaila. They still make a on the coffee after Brayberg No. Coffee counts as like a. Correct. The last Shaila is this. A call from a woman, she doesn't remember if she benched. Okay? So what's the deal? So now we know, well, the general rule is Suffolk, Darabana, Lakula, Suffolk, Daraisa, Lachumra, right? We also know that Birchas Hamazin. Is the only Dairaisa bracha outside of Bircha Satira. So if a man is not sure whether he benched, right, he, uh, he, repeats, uh, he repeats benching. Now, first of all, that's only true, that's only true if he ate uh, enough to make him full, just to clarify that, because it's only Dairaisa v'achalta v'savata v'rachta. But if a man ate enough to be Seveya, right, and he's not sure whether he benched, he repeats because Suffolk Dairaisa l'chumra. If a man just ate a kazayas, then his obligation for benching is only derabon, and then he would not. So in other words, the main crux of the shayla is, are women obligated to bench dairaisa or derabon, right? If a woman ate and she's full, and she doesn't know whether she benched or not, so if she's obligated on a biblical level to bench, so she'll have to repeat. If her obligation is only derabon, she doesn't have to repeat. Why? Now, why would it, why, why would it be dairaisa or derabon? Why Oh, so look at the Gemara. This is number four. It's the Gemara Brachas. Are women obligated to bench Daraisa Darabana? Now, by the way, I didn't I didn't have it over here. Taisus asked why why would it only why would it only be Darabana? So Taisus says, because we know that when it comes to benching, there are two lines that you have to say, and if you don't say them not Yaitza, that's Taira and Bris. Both don't apply to women. So, he's, so Taisa says, maybe that's the Gemara's way of saying that, that the entire benching is more of a male-related... Correct. Is... Well, that's the Gemara's kasha. The Gemara says, we know that women... So that's the Shaila. It's a Daraisa Darabonon. Me, this the, is just the formula that they put together. Or, that put together. Or, or the fact that those two lines are integral. And if you don't say them, you're not Yotza. 
maybe it means some reason, again, this is a whole share probably in and of itself, that benching's obligation is very much interrelated to those two things, and if women are not obligated to those two, they're not obligated to bench Bible. But let's come on to Shiloh. Again, that's Tosis' theory. That's good. Rashi says it's because Yishalayim or Ben Yishalayim, they don't have a share, in a, in the, men, the women don't have a, a nachala. Right, because it's Bain Yushalayim, they don't have a Nachla. The problem is, first of all, Tysus says, what about Kehanim? Kehanim don't have a Nachla either. So therefore, so Tysus has his prayer. So the Gemara says, Kasha, are women obligated to rise their abundance? So let's read the Gemara together. My Nafkamina. Well, Lafugarami de Chavasan. Well, okay, the, the most Nafkamina, whether they rise their abundance, is because could a woman bench for a man? Right? You're obligated to rise. Could your wife, who ate the same amount, you're both full, can she be might see you? So Toshima, the Gemara brings a raya, Ben Mavar Khlavi, the Gemara brings a raya, and the Gemara rejects the raya. End of the Gemara. There is no conclusion in the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't answer the question. It's a boy voloi ifshita. Right? It's a question that has no answer. It wasn't like even like a teku like No. No teku, it just no stops. So how do we pass him? That's a machlikas arishainum. Look at the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch and Simen Kuf Pei Vav Sif Aleph. This is what Shulchan Aruch says. Noshim Chayavas Bebirchaz Hamazon. We know women have to bench. The Sofiku and the Gemara is unclear. Im Chayavas Mederaisa or Mitzrayim Chayavas Derabbanon. Sofik. Shulchan Aruch doesn't tell us how we pass it. It's a Sofik. So how do we pass it? Look at the Mishabura. Mishabura says Kasev Bishari Efrayim Isha Shachel Kedesavia. If you have a woman who ate. To the amount that she's full, and she's not sure whether she benched, right? You're obligated because he's relying on the opinions that hold that it's deraisa. So the chayadam says you bench. And the chida and berke yosef they don't bench. So. If you want to rely on the opinions to bench, you shouldn't stop them. But it's unclear what to do. So you have a suffolk in the Gemara, it's a suffolk in the Rishonim, it's a suffolk in the Shulchan Aruch, and it's a Machleik HaSachreinim. So what do you do practically? So there's one Eitzah, which is not a very popular Eitzah. We'll end with this. The Eitzah is the Chayyadim, uh, the, the Kavachayim. And that is, wash, again, again, Right, you have to wash because you definitely you you were the halacha is that once you already plan on benching, you can't make a bracha anymore. Right, you have to make a new new first bracha. So she has to she should eat more bread, which would require her to wash again and if she to make full, hamotzi. So she should eat again enough to be mechayev. Yeah, I, I told you it's not a popular. It's never a popular take. That's the only way to avoid the shaila. The only way to avoid shaila is to eat more. Or to mechayev yourself for sure anew, okay. or outside of that, I don't know what to tell you. Just wait long enough so that it's no longer. Yeah, but right now, I'm saying right now you have a suffix, so that's not much of an eitzah. So yeah, it's a machlekes. It's hard to tell them what to do because it's a suffix in the gemara, it's a suffix in the rishonim, it's a suffix in the shulchan aruch, it's a suffix in the achreinim. The best eitzah is wash again, eat again, and and, and that, that you're mechayev kuli alma.